Four, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all. It is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. You may be seated. Thank you, Rob and guys. Hopefully you have your Bible still uh, there in your lap and maybe even open to Colossians 3 because that's where we're going to uh, be starting uh, in that chapter, Colossians 3. But first I want to look at uh, Christian... No, I want to look at the, the screen up here with you. Uh, we have uh, begun a fall series called The One Another's More Than Just Sunday Clothes. And this is kind of our graphic to be a visual for uh, what we're talking about. Um, over on the right side, we have this closet that's filled with clothes. And over on the left side, we have all the hangers empty. The idea here is that all of those clothes in our closet are the one another's that God has given us in his word. There's like 36 to 40 teachings. Um, Be kind to one another, love each other, uh, show compassion to one another, pray for one another. Uh, You know those. And uh, God has given all of those one another uh, teachings to us. Um, as ways that we can relate to each other. And so, in a sense, he's filled our closet with these one another's. And the idea is that our closet, on a daily basis, would look like the left-hand part of this graphic. That our hangers would all be empty because we are wearing all of these uh, one another teachings and practicing them throughout the week. What happens so often in our Christian lives is that we will pick, oh, maybe two or three of the one another teachings that we think are pretty easy to practice. Uh, We're pretty comfortable practicing them with other people. And we will take them from our closet and we will practice them. But we leave all the others in the closet. And I think it's pretty clear that what God 
instructs us to do is to take all of these one another's and wear them every day, not just Sunday, not just a few of them, but all of them, and practice them all throughout the week in our relationships with other people. So that's kind of the the thought behind this series. And so each week we're looking at um, some of these one another's and talking about how to wear them how to clothe ourselves with them, and practice them. So, last week, we talked about serving one another and showing humility toward one another. Talked about how those two have to go together. It takes humility to serve. Uh, It takes setting aside your ego, often, to serve people in ways that maybe are uncomfortable for us. And we use Jesus washing the feet of the disciples as an example of how he served with humility. Now, I'm going to hold you accountable. Last week, at the end of the message, I asked you if you were willing to pray and ask God to give you an opportunity during the week to humbly serve somebody. And many of you prayed that prayer, and in that prayer you said, not only, God, I'd like you to give me the opportunity to humbly serve someone this week, but if you do, I will take that opportunity, and I will serve them humbly, even if it's uncomfortable. So the question is, for all of you who prayed that prayer, did God answer it? Did he give you an opportunity to humbly serve somebody? How many found that prayer being answered? He answered it, gave you somebody, gave you the opportunity. Okay? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for the next question, but did you take that opportunity? It's one thing where God gives you the opportunity to serve. The next step is, did you take that opportunity and did you serve? If you did, I would guess it was a blessing. Because in the foot-washing passage in John 13, Jesus ends by saying, you are blessed if you do this. He had just told the disciples, I want you to serve like I did. I've given you the example. And he concludes by saying, and you are blessed if you do this. You're not blessed that God gave you the opportunity you're blessed when you take the opportunity and serve someone humbly. So I hope you did. Um, Today we're going to talk about another, one another that's in our closet. Um, Actually, in the next two weeks, we're going to talk about two that kind of go together. They're actually presented to us in this Colossian passage. So let me point that out to you. Uh, Verse 13. It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. In the next two weeks, we're going to look at these two one another's that are in our closet to be worn and and practiced. The first is bear with one another. It's forbearance is a word that's used for that. 
but to bear with one another. And the other is, of course, forgive one another. Uh, Next week we'll talk about forgive one another. Um, Please don't skip next week. Uh, There might be a temptation to do that, knowing what we're going to talk about. But we'll talk about that next week. Today we're going to talk about bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. We'll talk about what that means, what it might look like to wear that one another and to practice it in our relationships. So let's pray first and then we'll do that. Our Father, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that on so many things you are very clear to us as to what your will is. Father, we know that all of these one another's are your will. You clearly instruct us to practice these things. And yet, Father, we acknowledge to you that some are so hard we just leave them in the closet and we just wear and practice the ones that are comfortable and kind of easy for us to do. But Father, you want us to wear them all every day including bearing with one another, being forbearing people. So, Lord, help us. Speak to us today as we think about that one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is everyone so easily offended these days? It seems like everybody is offended, doesn't it? You hear it all the time. Someone has called this the era of offense, that we are going through a time in our country, and not just our country, but I think in churches, um, just as people where everybody is getting so easily offended. Everyone's feelings are being hurt. People take everything personally. Um, They make a big deal of things that really aren't a big deal. They're so easily annoyed at others, so easily angered. So easily frustrated. Um, Well, we could write a book on this, and somebody probably has. But uh, I want to make sure I I read all these examples. Um, People are easily hurt. Um, They're easily offended when you disagree with them. Um, They're offended when you make them feel bad. They're offended when others do things that you don't like, that you prefer they wouldn't do. People are offended by the faults of other people. They're impatient with those faults, and so they get offended. They're offended by people's habits. 
They're offended by people's personalities that are different from them and bother them. And so they're taking offense when people just are being who they are, personality-wise. Often it's over the smallest, most insignificant things that we get offended. Of course, we think they're all big things if we're the one being offended. But if you took a sampling of 100 people separated from the situation, they probably would agree 100 out of 100 that it's not a big deal. You're the only one who thinks it's a big deal. But we get offended over the smallest, most insignificant things. And so we, we make those mountains out of molehills that are talked about. Somebody forgot my birthday. I'm offended. I'm hurt. I got advice from six different people on how to do something. Six different opinions. And I could only pick one. And because I didn't pick theirs, the others are offended. Everything's a big deal. And we take everything personally. And guess what it does? It ruins relationships. It affects our relationships because we get so easily offended. I went on the Internet this week, and oh, you can find all kinds of suggestions as to why people are easily offended today. I mean, the psychologists think they know why, and there's lists of them, why people get so easily offended. I'll just shorten it by saying people are easily offended because they aren't bearing with one another. We just don't bear with one another. For some reason, we just can't let it go. We just can't let it go. And bearing with one another involves letting things go. It's as simple as that. That's what forbearance is. That's what bearing with someone means. We just let the little things go. We let those things that aren't that big a deal go. And then next week we'll talk about forgiveness, and that's letting it go. And we'll talk next week about what we're letting go. But today, bearing with people, if we could only learn how to do that, to wear that one another teaching as we relate to others, it would prevent a lot of this unnecessary offense. Bearing with one another. In fact, some people are so easily offended that I would guess somebody here is going to be offended by this message. Oh, well. We're going to look at three passages. They're there on your sheet. Um, we're going to start with this passage in Colossians. Just briefly look at uh, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And then we're going to go over to Ephesians and look at the first few verses of chapter 4. And then we'll finish up in the book of Proverbs and get some wise advice on this subject uh, from there. 
But I begin with this question, which I began the series with. Are we listening? Are we listening? Will you listen today? Not to me, but will you listen to God? Because we're going to look at three scriptures. It's God's word. He's going to say something in there about this subject of bearing with one another. And the question will be, are we listening? Or are we going to be distracted? Are we listening to what God will say? So here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, as I said, we have that clear instruction, bear with each other. And I've kind of hinted as to what bearing with someone means, what it means to have forbearance, to show that in our relationships. Um, if you look up the word bear in this context or forbearance, it's pretty simple. It means to, get this, put up with. So it means. When you bear with someone, when you show forbearance, you are willing to put up with whatever you know, it might be a fault, something they said, the way they do things, their different opinion on something. Uh, we could go on. But the idea is we're willing to put up with something. That's bearing with. It's the idea of tolerating. It's the idea of showing grace. It's the idea of letting it go. We're going to find later in Proverbs that this takes understanding and discernment. We have to learn how to discern what is worth making an issue over and what isn't that big a deal in the long run. We're not very good at that. We need discernment, we need wisdom to bear with other people. But it basically means to put up with, to tolerate, to hang in there with somebody, even though we don't like their opinion, even though we don't agree with them, even though uh, they said something and we took it personally, even though they hurt our feelings, um, bearing with somebody is to let it go because... It really isn't that big a deal. Why bear with one another? Well, verse 12, before we get to that instruction, gives us one reason why we should bear with one another. In verse 12, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with these things, put on these things. And one of them is, Bearing with one another. So why should we bear with one another? Because of who we are. So Paul says, because you are God's chosen people, holy, set apart for him, and dearly loved by him, you should bear with one another. Is that a good enough reason for you? To try and figure this out and practice it, I need to bear with others because of who I am. I am one of God's chosen people. I belong to Him. 
And he has set me apart for himself, holy. And he loves me. And so he wants me to wear this one another in my relationships, to learn how to bear with one another, show forbearance. It's because of who I am. Turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. First few verses of that chapter, Ephesians 4. Paul says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, let me just stop there. We've talked about this before, but in case uh, it's a new idea to you, the word worthy there doesn't mean deserving. That's not what the word means. Uh, Back in the days of the Bible, uh, they had the balance scales, and you can almost picture them if you've seen the old movies, the balance scale. And if you put something on this side and something on this side, and they balanced, it was called worthy. If something ended up this way, it wasn't worthy. Or this way, not worthy. But if it balanced out, it was called worthy. And so that's what the people Paul is writing to would have thought when he uses the word worthy. And so what he said was, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. You have a calling from God. Live a life that balances that, that fits that, that goes along with it. Live a worthy life. Balances your calling. So then he goes on to talk about how to live that worthy life, things that are part of that. In verse 2, he says, be completely humble. Humility balances out who you are as a Christian. Along with being humble, he says, be gentle. It balances who you are. It goes along with who you are. And then he says, be patient, bearing with one another in love. So there's our one another, bearing with one another. Paul is saying in this context, bearing with one another balances your calling. It goes along with who you are if you are bearing with one another. And notice he says it also takes patience, right? To bear with somebody, to put up with somebody, whatever it is you're putting up with, to let it go takes patience. And so Paul says that. Be patient, bearing with one another. And what does he tack on to the end of that? In love. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Not grudgingly. Not grumbling as you do it. Not complaining to other people as you do it, but bearing with one another in love. It's worthy of who you are as a Christian 
It takes patience, and it should be done in love. One more thing he says. He goes on after saying, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Bearing with one another is one of the ways we maintain the unity. When we are so easily offended by all these things that aren't that big a deal, every time we're offended, we add to the wall. And every time we take offense at something, our walls get higher and higher. And the division gets greater. And Paul says, in patience, bear with each other in love because it's one of the ways of maintaining the unity as Christians. Maybe you've forgotten completely about it. But we started this year with a series called One. And our key verse was to be the key verse for the entire year. And it's on a banner over the door as you enter. When was the last time you looked at that banner and reminded yourself? Do you remember what it says? It's from Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. But you see, even among God's people, there are walls being built because people are so easily offended and take things personally and their feelings are hurt so easily and they make a big deal of things that if anybody else was looking in on it would say, it's not a big deal, what are you doing? You know? And it's building walls. Not only in our country, it's building walls among God's people. Because we're not bearing with each other. We're not being patient with each other. We're not showing love by bearing with each other. And so in Ephesians 4, um, Paul gives another reason. Actually, two reasons. Um, we can add to because of who we are, Colossians, God's chosen people. But here he says it's part of a worthy life. If you want your life to balance out who you are, what God has called you to, bear with one another. And he also says it helps maintain unity. If you want to help maintain unity, bear with one another. It's really important. Let's go to the third passage, and this takes us to the Old Testament, to Proverbs. There's some wisdom there on this subject. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Verse 11, Proverbs 19:11. Listen to these words of wisdom. It says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory or honor to over 
look an offense. Some Bibles say a fault. A man's wisdom gives him patience. Remember, Paul says it takes patience to bear with someone. It also takes wisdom according to this. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory, to his honor, to overlook an offense. What does it mean to overlook? Let it go. Right? Let it go. Or more literally, to overlook means to look beyond. I like that definition. To overlook is to look beyond. Makes sense, right? You look over the offense. In other words, you realize there's a bigger picture. You realize there's probably more to this than I'm seeing right now and getting offended by. There are things more important than this for me to take it personally. He says, overlook an offense. It's to a man's honor. It's to a woman's honor. It's to a teenager or child's honor to learn how to overlook offenses, to let it go, to look beyond to what's more important and what's really big. There are many things we need to just overlook because it's wise. Um, a couple other places here in Proverbs uh, 14.29, I think says something about this. 14.29, it says, A patient man has great understanding. Some of your Bibles might say discretion. I like that. A patient man has discretion. But a quick-tempered man displays folly. Discretion is really important if we're going to bear with each other. Wisdom is important. We need to know what's a big deal and what isn't. What's worth making a mountain out of and what isn't. What in the bigger scheme of things is significant and what isn't in this situation. Um, Also, chapter 12 Verse 16, a fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. The difference between a fool who just gets annoyed immediately and offended and a prudent man, a wise person who is willing to overlook certain things. Let me go back to the discretion thing because you've been probably wondering what's going on with the the little graphic on your sheet in the top right-hand corner. Two men were walking to their car in the parking lot, and they came upon a number painted right out in the middle of the parking lot. And one of the men stood on one side of this number, the other on the other side. And the one man said, it's a six. The other man said, no, it's a nine. 
Oh, it's a six. It's clear. It's a six. No, you're seeing it wrong. It's, it's a nine. And they started arguing about whether this number was a six or a nine. And one man said, well, why don't you come over here and see? It's a six. The other guy says, no, I don't have to come over there. It's a nine. And they both made it to be such a big deal that they were offended by what the other person was saying, how the other person was handling this. And they didn't even ride home together. One guy called for a ride. He was so offended and hurt. Now, what's missing in that story? Was it a six or a nine? Who knows? And yet, the opinion that each man had became a mountain worth dying for. Now, as you think of that story, do you think it was a big deal? Do you think it was significant in the big picture? Do you think it was that important whether it was a six or a nine? Of course not. But we're looking in with common sense. And when you take offense, when you take things personally, when you're easily hurt, you don't look at the big picture. You jump to conclusions. You decide you know people's motives. All those things, and you're offended. Where would discretion have come in there besides just realizing this isn't that big a deal? Well, if you had time, you could check context. Maybe you could take the time to find out who wrote that number. You probably would find out if it was a six or a nine. You could maybe change position, and maybe there's some bearing if you stood on one side of the number or another, and maybe the background or, or something about it would give you a better perspective and you'd understand what number it was meant to be. I mean, there are things you could do out of being wise and using discretion to maybe find out the context, the backstory, the explanation, the motive for that number. But you see, so often we are easily offended and annoyed and angered when people disagree with us. And we blow things up. And it builds walls. Because we don't take the time. Uh, in that song that Rob sang, there was a line about uh, basically knowing the backstory, Taking the time to find out why they did that. Why they think that. What they've experienced to cause them to be so different. But we don't take that time. We just feel like they've hurt our feelings and we get offended. And it affects our relationship. And so the proverb says, use discretion. Try to understand before you jump on things and get offended. It's that important. It is an honor. It is a glory to a person to overlook an offense. Many times, the wisest thing to do is just look beyond it. Let it go.
So, um, are you offended by something right now? Are you dealing with an offense? Somebody has offended you. They've hurt your feelings. Um, you're just annoyed at them because there's something different about them. Um, it just bugs you. Um, they've been disagreeing with you. And it's offensive to you that they would even think to disagree with you because you know. Um, are you offended right now? Are you living with an offense? You've taken offense at somebody? How's that going? What's that doing to the relationship? It's probably not causing that relationship to grow. It's probably not making that relationship comfortable. Um, you probably already, depending on how long you've been offended, it's probably um, causing a wall to get higher and higher, thicker and thicker. Um, and then if I have the gall to stand here and say, you need to let it go, look beyond it. It's not that important. It's not that significant in the big picture then you get offended by me for even saying, let it go. That's where we've come. That's where we've come. So, maybe it's in your family, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in the church here, but... You're carrying an offense, and it's harming your relationship with somebody. And if you were honest and wise and used discretion and listened to some objective people, you might realize it's not that big a deal, and you've made a mountain out of a molehill. We need to learn to bear with because of who we are, because God says so, because it goes along with being uh, part of God's family, because it helps maintain unity, because it's the wisest thing, because, face it, it's just better for you in the long run if you're not so easily offended and carry all these offenses. It's just better for you in the long run in every way, emotionally, physically, socially, spiritually. This is better for us in the long run. We start letting things go. I don't mean everything, because some things are big deals. Some things are significant according to Scripture. But most of the things we get offended by are not. So on your sheet, here we go again. Another little assignment. If you have been offended, if you have taken offense at something about someone, here are four questions I ask you. Are you listening? Number one, are you willing to let it go? Are you willing to let it go? 
Are you willing to show forbearance? Are you willing to bear with that person? Are you willing to overlook, to look beyond this situation to the big picture and what's really important? Are you willing to reconsider and let it go? Second, are you willing to preserve the unity with this person? Is that important to you? Do you agree with God when he says how good and pleasant it is when his people live together in unity? How important is unity to you? Well, this offense you're carrying isn't going to do anything to help the unity. Are you willing to preserve the unity? Third, are you willing to use discretion? And look at the big picture. Now that could mean to ask some questions, to find out what the person meant, to learn the backstory. Why why does she act this way? To to ask somebody else, do you think I'm blowing this up in a way it shouldn't be? I mean, are you willing? to check this out and see if you've made the mountain out of a molehill? Are you willing to do that? Get the facts? Maybe that'll help. And fourth, are you willing to pray for that person? Not pray against them, Pray for them. Are you willing to take the person that you believe has offended you, that you believe has hurt your feelings, that you believe did or said something or is something that you've taken personally? Are you willing to pray for that person? Instead of building walls, are you willing to pray for them? Are you willing to bring them before God? And pray a blessing on them. And pray for them. That's a pretty good step to take. So we're going to do that right now. And uh, I'm going to encourage you to bow your heads. And uh, this won't be hard. But the first thing you need to do is to get that name on your mind because if you're carrying an offense, if you feel like somebody has offended you, you know exactly who it is. You've been thinking about them all through this message. So think about them again right now, except this time. Ask yourself, how important is unity to me with this fellow Christian? How important is it to me that I live a life that's worthy of who I am as a Christian? How important is it to me that I be wise here and use discretion? How important is this relationship to me? How important is it to me to obey God?
That's about as basic as you can get. Because he says, bear with one another. Maybe you need to make a commitment to God that you will check this thing out. You will do what you should have done at the beginning. Get the facts. Find out what they meant. Learn a backstory that maybe explains it all. Or just ask Him for grace to let it go. Because it's not that big a deal in the larger scheme of things. And then pray for that person. Could you do that right now? Pray for that person. Father, uh, we acknowledge that it's very difficult to go through life to do relationships properly, even in the body of Christ. Father, there are people that for some reason um, they push our buttons. Uh, There's something about them that makes us uncomfortable. Uh, We question their motives. Uh, They're so different from us. They have different opinions. They have different preferences. Whatever it is, Lord, but we're just so offended by them. Um, we take everything personally in, in that relationship. God, could you help us? Help us to put obedience to you first. Help us to put um, who we are first and living according to who we are. Help us to choose wisdom and discretion. Help us to take the time to be patient enough to find out why, to find out the backstory, to find out the context, to learn the facts, whatever it takes. Father, help us, because we want to bear with one another. We want to overlook the things that aren't that big a deal, because we know how much better it will be for us, for our relationships, and for the testimony of your church. So, Father, show us where we need to let it go. And by the power of your Spirit, help us to let it go. And let us experience the freedom that comes along with that. In Jesus' name, amen.